Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I love piling on people just as much as the next guy, but sometimes it gets a little much. Stone the Banowitz, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. Stone, would you uh, would you describe me as an equal opportunity criticizer? Criticism deliverer? Is that the proper way to put that? Can I be honest? Yeah. Absolutely not. Oh, really? So you're saying that you think I pile on people? Yes, I do. Like who? Who have I piled on in the past? Let's just not even go there. I mean, I think you know where I could go with this. Let's go Aaron Rodgers. Let's go... uh, I know I'm picking out some controversial people here, but Kyrie Irving. um, You think I pile on Kyrie Irving? I do. I think Joel Embiid gets piled on. Well, that's just hilarious. I think Aaron Boone and the rest of the Yankees squad get piled on. Oh, how dare you? Rightfully so. How, How dare you? Uh, Dr. Goldhaber, I can't believe what I'm hearing. The, this this negatively connotated drivel coming from Stone Lebanowitz. Oh, or Daniel Jones as well. You definitely throw him in the mix. Too. Well, because Daniel on. Jones is mid. I'm glad, <laughs> but I'm glad he got his money, but he's mid. I mean, that, that's fine. Once you accept that, it's fine. No, he, he's definitely piled on, for sure. Man. No, he's definitely, he's definitely, no, it's not, he's definitely piled on, but if you're going to talk New York sports, there's got you just mentioned Aaron Boone. I think he deserves to be piled. He does. So you you do think that Aaron Boone deserves to be piled out, even though Brian Cashman, his boss, no, has, I, that's they're a they're a they're, they're a package they're deal. A set. Okay. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> a How many GMs are on the on the job for twenty seven years? Never. That's the point. It's time. I mean, I know this is not a, a Yankee gripe session, unless we want it to it be. It can be. Oh well, I'm totally. I fine need a cou- I need a couch then. <laughs> Uh, I'll put you on the clock for that. Uh, Dr. Neil Goldhaber, goldhabersinus.com. You hear me talk about him all the time. He is the maestro. Uh, He is much better at what he does than Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman are at what they do. He is the maestro of ENTs in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. And uh, we'll we'll, we'll dive deep into uh, the greatness of Dr. Goldhaber, uh, other than the fact that he's just a phenomenal human being, but he's hanging out with us here on this Monday on on Ken Levick Alive. I want to, I want to tell the tale of a uh, of a young quarterback out of Stone, your college football neck of the woods, right? North Dakota State, a perennial power in the FCS. You playing at Southern Illinois as the starting quarterback a number of years ago. Well, a number, I mean, less than a handful of years ago. Did you ever go against Trey Lance? Forty-five to three, the Salukis came out on top. Really? Yeah. You're lying. And I swear to God, and then the year after that, they blew us out. But uh, Really? You beat them 45-3? to It's the Missouri Valley, baby. It's the SEC of FCS Wait, football. I'm, I, li- I had no idea. I thought you were just messing with me. I'm not me. messing with you at all. Wow. So you were you the starting quarterback of that game? <laughs> okay, you were on the sideline. Got no, it. I was young. So you were the starter when you got blasted by North Dakota State. <laughs> yeah, I was. Okay, <laughs> okay good. Um, but but Trey Lance is someone that Dr. Goldhaber has has played a total of eight games in his professional career after being taken third overall. Just eight. That's correct. Yeah, eight games, four starts. Now, I want to go back to last summer 
a little over a year ago, last summer at this time. What were you doing last July, Dr. Goldhaber? Do you remember when you're on vacation? Were you hanging around here, uh, doing something with the fam? Do you remember like mid-July? Mid-July? No, yeah. I, was, I was around. Okay, so Dr. Goldhaber was around, and I was around, and I was around here. Uh, Louis Riddick of ESPN and perennial, perennial general manager, general managerial candidate in the NFL, make a lot of claims about Trey Lance and go to bat for Trey Lance, and uh, he he even went as far to say, Doctor Goldhaber, that he thought that that Trey Lance in a couple of years' time would be his his dark horse NFL MVP uh, candidate. This there's there's literal audio of this. Here is Lewis Riddick proclaiming future MVP Trey Lance. When we get to year 2023, you will see all the things that I know I personally fell in love with about this young man in terms of his football character, his football intellect, the the, uh, degree to which he was a leader up there at North Dakota State, the degree to which he threw the football beautifully up there at North Dakota State. I think we will all see this is why Kyle wanted this guy. This is why he believed he could take this football team to a whole new level. And ultimately, as much as I love Jimmy G, he will be a distant, distant memory. And San Francisco will be hoisting Super Bowl trophies again. I went so far as to say this. We love to pick dark horses, right? We Mm -hmm. love to to pick long shots. I picked Trey Lance as my long shot to win the MVP this year in a manner in which the same way I said it about Patrick Mahomes when he first Oof. burst onto the scene in 2018. That's lofty stuff. All right, so that was Lewis Reddick on uh, on NFL Live last July, mid-July. Uh, when you're in the number three overall pick, Dr. Goldhaber, and you have Lewis Riddick on national television proclaiming you in the year of our Lord 2022 his Dark Horse MVP candidate, there's a lot of pressure that goes into that. Oh, 100%. But, you know, this is... Uh, this is like I'm in the business. I mean, I watch it, right? And you're in it, but it's all, it's all about hot takes. That's just a hot take gone bad. Now he's still young, but uh, it's not seeming too promising at this moment. I'm glad you talk about hot takes and and these angles being presented because more so than any other time in human history, and especially in this business, the sports broadcasting, sports talker business, something that someone influential intelligent and influential especially like lewis riddick says that that it's a tiny little seed and it grows into a massive oak tree um and this is the problem that we find ourselves in with trey lance because trey lance we know what happened to him last year very early on after playing only two games knee injury done for the year jimmy g kind of looks like super bowl jimmy g he goes down and then uh, the legend of brock purdy is born from that, Mr. Irrelevant. This last week was Kyle Shanahan, his head coach, discussing how Trey Lance is handling some of the criticism swirling around him, and it wasn't exactly the most glowing endorsement of Trey Lance. Coach, there's been a lot of negativity around Trey Lance in the national media recently. Yesterday there was somebody coming out saying that Trey doesn't have the quarterback instinct. What do you have to say about that kind of comment? Uh, it just goes with the territory. I mean, it goes with it for quarterbacks. It goes with it for anybody who's a high draft pick, but especially a quarterback. Uh, you watch, and that's one of the tough things, I, I think, for that position, but also for high draft picks. I mean, you watch receivers come in the league, and they have a few drops early in camp, and um, there becomes a lot of pressure on them. People want to see those people take off and do it right away and have no flaws, and that's just part of it. That, that 
That's not exactly the, hey, Trey's going to be okay. Trey can, can deflect these things. He's tough. Uh, that that was more like a, yeah, it uh, comes with the territory. And so uh, next question. Now, I, I'm sure for Trey Lance, he hears that, and it's it's it doesn't feel great. It doesn't seem like Kyle Shanahan's 100% in his boat. Well, how can he be? I mean, this is where we're at, unfortunately. Um, it's hard, though, as fans. We don't really get to hear and see a lot of what's going on, you know, behind the scenes. So, uh, listen, you can also make the argument that they sometimes you got to swing for the fence. They swung for the fences, and mm-hmm. maybe they missed. I would actually prefer that than just ultra-conservative all the time, you know? Yeah, and it's clear the 49ers, one way or another, they got their guy, it appears, or they believe they got their guy, and they, define all expectation, got value for a broken Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason as well. So that's a win all the way around. But the the piling on of Trey Lance, warranted or not, and again, we're, 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 we're seeing a quarterback in Trey Lance who is criticized as much as anybody right now after playing eight Eight NFL games, a guy who has suffered injuries, uh, not even because of being ineffective. It's been more because he's been hobbled. He's been banged up. It's all culminated in something I heard on SportsCenter over the weekend. After the 49ers beat the Chiefs, and you have Zubin Mahenti, SportsCenter anchor, after Trey Lance ended up going a pretty a pretty solid despite an interception a pretty solid uh 7 of 9 on the the game including a beautiful 22 yard touchdown pass uh this this was the Zubin Mahenti uh editorial again sports center anchor on Trey Lance Sam Darnold 11 for 14 it's amazing to me, Max, that Mr. Irrelevant is holding off two guys that were drafted number three overall. Incredible. That's football for you. Mr. Irrelevant, drafted last, is holding off two guys drafted number three overall. Boy, Trey Lance just had another dismal outing. 49ers win late. Lance, the numbers were good. Performance, not so much, according to those who watch. Like what are we what are we doing when when we're the numbers are fine? He was like the twelve numbers of eighteen. Are, yeah, he's, I, I, and, and I that was his third quarter stats that I gave. He was twelve. You said twelve of fourteen. Twelve of eighteen, one hundred seventy three yards, a touchdown, and a turnover. Twelve, twelve of eighteen, one hundred seventy three yards, a touchdown, and an interception in a preseason game. Like, I mean, but what? Did, but what did it, see? Here's the question. That's pretty solid. Here's the sixty four thousand dollar question. What did he look like? Right, it's numbers. Now we can we can. You know, do anything with numbers, right? But if he looked like dog poop, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't see the game. In an offseason, though, where I've seen Zach Wilson get praised for a 30-yard run, oh, he wouldn't do that last year and make one good throw in a preseason game, and then he made one throw that reminded people of the uh, the play action that Aaron Rodgers runs. Uh, Zach Wilson puts up those numbers, and everybody's falling all over themselves. That's what Aaron Rodgers does for that youngster. Trey Lance does it in San Francisco. <laughs> Dismal, according to the Sports Center anchor, given the highlights. Like, that just seems a little bit unbalanced and unfair to me. Like, you're right. Numbers don't tell the entire story, but I can come up with a lot of uh, more respected quarterbacks who had similar or worse lines in the preseason, and it would just be business as usual. Yeah. It's no. just bizarre. You think they wish they uh, went with Mac Jones? No, because Mac Jones sucks. Yeah, like they, he's not even mid; he's bad. I think they tried to change that offense for 
a dynamic player like Trey Lance, right? Mac Jones didn't fit the mold, so I don't think they are looking back on that and thinking, ah, maybe that would have been more. Maybe that would have been the conservative play, and yeah, maybe it would have right? because they did end up changing their offense to a Jimmy Garoppolo, who is more like a Mac Jones. So I and, think, in and maybe he would have gotten better along better with Shanahan than he does with uh, with Belichick. Yeah, it could it definitely could. I mean, they keep banging heads. Uh, so for me, it it goes back to what you said though, Doctor Goldhaber, with Lewis Riddick. Make the proclamation, and especially when somebody who is well-respected makes the proclamation, that adds a whole other layer of if things don't work out, post-haste, snap of a finger, it's time to pile on. It's time to throw criticism, unrelenting criticism. And, and I'll admit, I am as guilty of this as anyone. I, I am. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to freely and openly admit that. But a guy like Trey Lance, it occurred to me over the weekend, God, we're piling on a guy who's played eight games, who's been in the league. He's going into year three right now. And he already had a quarterback in front of him who had played in a Super Bowl. And then in the biggest freak of nature since Brady occurrence, Brock Purdy has come up and has taken over that offense. It's been for me, via injury and via those circumstances, more of a... um, a confluence of bad luck for him than him actually being a sucky NFL quarterback. Is that at least kind of fair going into year three? Uh, it's 100% fair, but but it's again, it all comes back from if if he was drafted in the fifth round, would we be talking about it? No, not course, at all. Of co- no, of course not. We uh, third, it's third overall, they traded all those assets for him. That's what it's, it's all about expectation of the draft position. I'm telling you, if he was a late round guy and was thrown in there and he was meh, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking about it. The it's the nature of the NFL though, because you used to be able to have a guy sit behind for a year or a couple of years, and now if he gets out there and maybe it's a little bit too early compared to what would have been um, uh, not even a circumstance presented fifteen years ago, you, you wash your hands of the guy. Yeah, you keep throwing the eight game stat around, which is just kind of I think rocking everybody's brain. Like it's really hard to comprehend, but there's some more numbers that I read this this weekend, and it. I just had this thought. I'm like, you know what? We're piling on to him per se, but maybe it's rightfully so. So high school pass attempts, 99 total. Pass attempts in the FCS, 318. NFL preseason pass attempts, 72. Regular season pass attempts, 102. So the kid's barely throwing the football his entire life. So his high school pass attempts was 99. Kids are throwing the football now 50, 60 times a game. He threw 99 footballs in high school. Like he's never played an entire season anywhere that he's been. So I, I think he's been this mysterious figure, but... All the numbers are are kind of telling of what's going on. I mean, on. it kind of feels like, though, that there are parallels with that with everybody's favorite rookie quarterback this year in the NFL and Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, for a long time, was not a pass-first quarterback. It's just lately. He always had a cannon, but he couldn't throw it within 15 feet of a receiver. And that dude, Dr. Goldhaber, has the single best PR team of anybody, any player I've ever met going into the draft. Freaking nature. Look at him doing flips. Oh, my God. He's cleaning up paper off the floor. And then in he gets into training camp. Oh, 65-yard bomb. Oh, look at his elusiveness. Oh, he's the last one to leave the facility. Oh, they have to pull him away signing autographs. I mean, this guy has the greatest PR team in sports history, similar to Trey Lance. Like, they're similar in a lot of ways. It's just perception. Absolutely. And let's see what happens. Happens right if, if if Richardson gets hurt in week two and he's out most of the year and he has an injury, right? it's going to be the same narrative. I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, we see this over and over and over again. Uh, so 
I think it, it lends to the discussion of a player or coach who gets picked on and piled on most unfairly. And this spans across all sports. We're not just isolating it to quarterbacks, isolating it to the NFL, because this happens all over the place. But it did occur to me this weekend, Trey Lance is maybe the most unfairly piled on player right now going. Which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On social media, at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly? Dr. Neil Goldhaber hanging out with us through 1 o'clock here on Ken LeVick Alive. Chilling with us again, Dr. Goldhaber. GoldhaberSinus.com. Get your consultation. Ear issues, nose problems, throat concerns, snoring. Dr. Goldhaber covers them all you don't have to live with ringing ears you don't have to live with congestion with throat pain snoring dr goldhaber has helped all of those things and he can help you goldhabersinus.com goldhabersinus.com you already threw out aaron boone is someone that deserves to be piled on. I still maintain he is not the source of uh, the all of the evil that surrounds the New York Yankees. There's I agree, a lot of I agree. underperforming guys. Right. I think there's so much stink within that organization that, yeah, he'll be scapegoated at some point here. I mean, Brian Cashman appears as if he's just the emperor of, of Yankees baseball. He's going to have to yeah, have I don't a get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's just so much bad around that. I don't know if Aaron Boone... It, deserves to get piled on or be the source of consternation as often as he is. Uh, For you, though, the player or coach that's most unfairly piled on, who comes to mind for you? Well, I've got got two that, that just thinking about it, one's a player, one's a coach. One's for the local market and one's for my favorite market. Okay. Okay, so first we'll do, first we'll do my, my favorite market. Okay, coach wise, if anybody listening follows the New York Knicks, Tom Thibodeau gets piled on. I mean, if you, if I follow it. Sure. I, I watch a lot of the 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 uh, um, stuff on YouTube, Nick Fan TV, all those sort of things. Shout out to them. But Tom Thibodeau, I mean, you know, they've been to the playoffs, you know, two out of the last three years. They're actually competent, a competent, an organization that is not used to winning, and and he gets. I mean, it's, and I, there are things in it if you really wanted to dissect it, which I'm sure he won't. It's fine, but. You know his ways and stuff, but sure. when you when you look at it from fifty thousand feet, I mean the guy's done a really good job. He's got them competitive to the point. I'm sure you saw it where national media are saying that the game coming up this year that could be a harbinger of the finals. What's the one game? I think it was um, who's the who's the uh, GM on ESPN? Uh, the who's who's uh, who's uh, brothers with the Nets. Um, uh, well, uh, and, and, yeah. and anyhow, one of the, the former M- NBA GMs said that the game that represents the finals that he's looking forward to seeing oh, is Sean the... Sean Marks. Sh- uh, uh, Marks. Yeah. Bobby Marks. Bobby Marks is on ESPN. Bobby right. Marks said the game is the Knicks and the Suns, as he feels... The harbinger and that, of the finals. And, 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 no, but if, if you follow that, the, 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 the internet went crazy. Mm-hmm. The people in New York went crazy. What? Yeah. So now it's like over there, it's burning now. Oh my God. Are we going to the finals this year? It's like what you say, a hot take, throwing it out there. But the Knicks are good. Like I can't even, they're they're formidable and they only became formidable when the structure came via Tom Thibodeau. And and that's, and they're returning basically everybody. Right. 
So, you know, right. they, it's their stability. When did we ever say Nixon stability before? Yeah, exactly. And the front office had a rare win when they got the steal of the offseason last year, Jalen Brunson in free agency. So, like, listen, I, I will always defend Tibbs. And is he capable of coaching a championship team? Because is there an argument his players won't have the legs by the time they get to an Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, sure. That said... You have a, an organization that hasn't done a thing in 20 years. You want to get to the postseason? You want to be dangerous? Or do you just want to keep floundering about? Well, and that's it. So that's it. That's the discussion to be had. About I mean, Thibodeau. they made it to the second round. Right. I mean, they they, they were, blew out they, the Cavs. I was going to say they they played and they played the Heat very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the better team won. I got to say honestly, but still, they're going in the right direction. So I think he gets a ton of criticism. That's unwarranted. I, I totally agree. I, I criticize him, but I it's it's. He doesn't deserve that. And for the local market, all right, this this will get everybody's juices flowing. I kind of think Tua gets a little Tua bit of absolutely gets unfair criticism. On. Oh, I you know what? I'm going to spend wait until the break in the second segment. I, I knew that was coming. Significant time on Tua. I I, I kind of stole that from one of you two. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, I did, yeah. but, but it was written down. Yeah, I, of course. I'm glad he spent enough time around us, Stone, that uh, <laughs> we've rubbed off on him now. Yeah, yeah that well, is a good thought from Doctor Goldberg. Well, I do, I do live here, so I, I'm I'm aware of it. But you know. Listen, injuries are a big thing. Came out of college with the hip injury. Mm-hmm. You know, when he when he plays, I think there's been, been a bit of growth that people maybe don't want to admit, but uh, I think he suffered from some bad luck also. But uh, I think he gets a lot of unfair criticism. Well, what we don't remember about Tua, because it feels like seven, eight, nine years ago because of all the concussion talk last year, is that it, this is a guy who, even before he took a snap with the Dolphins, people were dismissing him, poo-pooing him, wanted to see him fail. It was really a bizarre... We, we did an entire show, Stone, taking calls on why do people dislike Tua? Like, why? We did a whole show on that with theories because it did not make any sense at all. Which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Is it Trey Lance? Is it Tom Thibodeau? I think that's a good one because I will defend Tom Thibodeau to the ends of the earth. That guy knows basketball. You want a team that cares about defense? He becomes your head coach. You want to go to the postseason? He becomes your head coach. Again, I don't know if he can coach a champion and I know the uh, the reputation he has at grinding his players into the ground, but sometimes a team in the NBA needs that. The Knicks needed that. Thibodeau's been fantastic for the uh, for the Knicks. And then Tua, of course, absolutely. That's not even a question. Which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly? 888-760-3776. Let's kick off on the phones in Royal Palm with Luke on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Luke? And Kay on. We just work our beef. Luke. Luke is doing other things. Oh, he's laughing. Luke, who told the joke? Luke. Yeah. Uh, Luke. Yeah, Luke is there. Okay. Good start. Maybe Luke can try back. He will. But we know the rules of the show. He gets one more chance. That's it. Who's he talking to? I don't know. Who who could he Sounds possibly? like he's working. Yeah, I I mean, Luke, priorities. You making money or talking to me, okay? It's me. Uh, which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Uh, Stone, I know you were not a big Trey Lance fan when he was coming out of college. You were beside yourself. Uh, you were you were stunned when Lewis Riddick was talking him up last summer. Uh, you, on these airwaves, put it on public record that you thought Trey Lance was going to be a hack. Even you, though, could admit a little bit uh, it's just sport. 
at this point uh, going after Trey Lance. It's, he's a pinata, and so we're all just taking our wax at him. Yeah, there's no denying that, and I think Lewis Riddick was his intentions were there. But he but put him in a really tough spot. I don't think there was enough tape for Lewis to have that take. I don't think that there was enough on paper, on film. I don't think there was enough around the league. I think that he wanted to be the one to find the diamond in the rough, right? The kid from the FCS that nobody was talking about, I think Lewis wanted to be the one to peg him, similar to he did Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes, which mm-hmm. I don't even remember. And pegging that yeah, he's do, a dark do you horse. think that actually even happened? I don't know. Because I could not find any audio of Lewis Riddick declaring Patrick Mahomes was going to be the next MVP. I think he might be making that up. But I think it's not the, to question his integrity. <laughs> right. It's but just, I would do that. It's the ultimate street cred move, right? It, it's, it's what is the phrase? It's low risk, high reward mm-hmm. in going after a guy and declaring that Trey Lance is a dark horse for MVP. So that's all that was. I like Gold Haber saying that you know, it's all about hot takes because. That's exactly what that was, and it came to hit him in the face. All I know is that I I have great confidence in what I do behind a microphone, okay? And has that always been the case? No, but I've been doing this for a long time. So over the years, that develops. If I, though, got a, a, a massive gig, say I'm up in New York, or say I am on, on national radio, a network, and... I'm four shows in, still trying to get my footing, trying out some new stuff, and then I get laryngitis, right? And it affects me for five, six months. Now, that's a long case of laryngitis. Something happened where I had to go in and see Dr. Goldhaber for a throat concern. So I come back, and I get another three or four shows, and I'm making a little bit of progress, but then laryngitis hits again. Up back to Dr. Goldhaber. And uh, suddenly, uh, maybe we'll go different directions. We'll bring Scotty Metockerton out of Des Moines to to take your spot. I'm going to feel a little... A little type of way is I haven't been able to showcase my full talents. And I think that's the best analogy I can give to Trey Lance. He's had a little knee laryngitis and he hasn't been able to fully show off what he's able to do. And unfortunately, you had the biggest uh, stroke of luck since Brady in football history come out of nowhere and take your job. And we don't even know if that's a sustained thing. He had like seven good games, Brock Purdy. But you've been discarded. Did you do Des Moines on purpose? Brock Purdy, uh, product of Iowa State. I know it's pretty close. Oh, I didn't do that on purpose, I but I'm glad to see. Again, I don't even try, and right. I do great things on radio. I'm right so money. confident. That's right. Are uh, you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today baptist health orthopedic care has offices conveniently located in palm beach county through the florida keys learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly and we are now through and we will not have a single weekend without college football for the next five months And it is a rock-solid week zero coming up. We're going to be hot and heavy. We'll go through it when we come back. He's Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Goldhabersinus.com. Goldhabersinus.com. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Uh, in the break, Dr. Goldhaber, he's not, he's not quite on the, uh, the Lionel Messi train, which is good, which is fine. Uh, I, 
I also, I mean, full disclosure, it's not like I've moved plans to make sure that I catch Inter-Miami uh, in League's Cup action, and they won the League's Cup championship, the title, uh, on Saturday night in Nashville in a thrilling... It was, I mean, that match was ridiculous. And we'll talk a little bit about it later. Like I was actually feeling things uh, like nervousness and butterflies. And I said to myself, my God, am I an Inter-Miami fan now? Like, is it one of those Stone Labanowitz things where because you're a Lionel Messi fan by extension, now I'm fully supporting Inter-Miami? So I'm going through some things right now that I might need Stone Labanowitz sports therapist to help me with in, uh, in our number two. Um, I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And one thing I will say, Dr. Goldhaber, whether you are a hardcore Inter-Miami fan or not, having one more thing for South Florida to brag about and make the rest of the country jealous I can fully get behind, whether it's college basketball now, because South Florida owns college basketball, uh, whether it is hockey, because South Florida now owns uh, uh, hockey, uh, whether it's the Heat, South Florida has owned the NBA. Uh, now, uh, the MLS, soccer, Lionel Messi, best player on the planet. Uh, it's awesome to be able to brag about things. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but this year is ruled, and I can't remember another area that's been able to own as many things as this one does sports-wise. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, and if you wanted to really extend the hockey thing, it's not quite this area, but you know, for the few years before from hockey, you had the Tampa Bay Lightning yeah. winning the Cup most every year. That's right. Florida or bust, damn it. That's what we do here. Florida or bust. Uh, which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly? 888-760-3776. 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six. Uh, go ahead and um, might as well. Do we have? Do we have Tua? Do we have Tua? His his interception from Saturday. Um, you might as well Oppenheimer me on this because I'm going to tell a little story. So I'm driving. I had uh, I had to call a soccer match. Uh, I, I I call soccer in the off season from college football, and it's done out of a studio in Dania Beach. So I was driving down there Saturday and uh, listening to the the Dolphins game. Uh, first on ESPN 106.3, then on our, our friends at QAM down in Miami. And I was I was a little bit scared that Tua was even playing because I would just prefer not to see Tua at all in, in this preseason. I mean, we saw a game in Green Bay get stopped early in the fourth quarter because of an injury to Bolden, uh, the, the, the rookie. And guys are dropping like flies. The Dolphins have been an injury concern all training camp, whether it's Ramsey or Taron Armstead. I don't need to see two. I'll wrap them in bubble wrap and ship them to Siberia until the season starts, for all I care. But then he gets in the game, so I'm like, all right, cool. Let's just see what he's got. He's probably only going to play a series or two. His first damn throw. The first throw, this was. This is what happened to two against the Texans Saturday. In their opener last week, Tungavailoa on the sprint out, throws an interception on the very first play. In towards the 10-yard line and down near the 5 is Denzel Perryman. And so that is when my mind immediately went to, well, you know, Stone. You know. I mean, we had just, that's by the way, was our homage to Oppenheimer. Did you see Oppenheimer? I not only did I see Oppenheimer, I read the book five years ago. Really, may, what was may, better, book or movie? Well, um, the the movie was. I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna hijack this and That's go in a different direction. Dire- it's just it's me the complaining off, about the Dolphins. It's the off season. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the movie's gonna the movie's gonna win everything. I mean, I thought the movie was really good. The best thing I've seen in a while. I think uh, really uh, just fantastic. And um, uh, um, Robert Downey 
stole the show. I'm just I mean, he's gl- unbelievable. I'm just glad it, there wasn't another Marvel movie that we had to have choked down our throat. No, it was phenomenal. I mean, it, it was it was it was really fantastic. And the book, if if you're going to read a book, um, historical fiction, fantastic. Uh, Very interesting story. It, it, that does remind me. I think I told you about this, Stone. You know the uh, the Matt Damon movie, The Martian, that yeah. came out a couple of years ago? I had read the book two years before the so movie did, came so out. I, yeah. uh, and I like the movie was fine, and it won awards, and people praised Matt Damon. And why wouldn't you? He's a phenomenal actor. And I mean, what a what a handsome gentleman. But the book was three billion times better yeah, the than book the book was, was. The book was amazing. Yeah. Um, there we go. There's our movie and book review. Uh, Dr. Goldhaber and Ken hey, Levick. I, I, I was going to, just based on the other thing you said, let's get back to sports, shall yeah, we? Yeah, sure. Shall we? Sure. Okay, good, sure. good. But I was going to say, uh, when are we going to stop with this the preseason madness? Like, and like, it. can we stop it already? Yeah. Colleges get away with having no preseason and the games. Stop it. Because you're charging people, by the way, regular season prices to go see watered-down third-string football, and you are risking injury to important and, and players. And every team has a team they work out with now. Stop right. it already. Stop the madness. It's ridiculous. Just do the joint practices. Sports Center will go out, and NFL Live will go out, and they'll do their thing, and maybe even that fake first take show on FS1 can roll. Richard Sherman and Skip Bayless out there, and we can have our coverage, and everything's good. We don't need the games. We unequivocally don't need the games. It's ridiculous. And there's always going to be the catastrophic injury too always and then there's going to be people like me that on friday on this show i'm already uh just i went from monday after the dolphins first preseason game where they did nothing and nobody played so i'm trying to tell dolphins fans everybody chill like it's fine who cares you know what matters week one that doesn't care i go from that on monday to then Taron Armstead going through one play in 11-on-11 in training camp and immediately having to be carted off to catastrophe mode on Friday because all Dolphins training camp has been is Jalen Ramsey going down on day one. We're not going to see him until uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, it's been uh, Taron Armstead going down, being carted off the field. It's Xavier Howard facing another lawsuit. By the way, if you're scoring at home, three lawsuits to one interception from the beginning of last season. Not good if you're Xavier and Howard. It's just been this confluence of crap since day one of training camp and then the first pass from two in the preseason gets picked off and brought down to the three. I was in total let's just end this right now mode. I, 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 I'm not going to watch. Uh, I'll just focus on red zone all year long. I, it was a, a mess. So thankfully Two has got my back, and I love that man because he bounced back with a 93-yard touchdown drive the very next series. If he didn't do that, very real chance, Dr. Goldhaber, I'm not here today because I would have given up already on the 2023 season. No, I get it, and but you also have the, but the, the opposite happens, and as a New York Giant fan, the New York Giants put their starters out for one series. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones looked like the second coming. Right. Darren Waller is better than Travis Kelsey. You know, like it was, <laughs> yes. uh, he caught the first three balls. Right. He's got guys to throw. They moved down the field like nothing. I mean, they're playing the Panthers who are going to be terrible this year anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then they took all the starters out. So now you're going, give us the Super Bowl trophy. Uh-huh. Get, now it's like settle. I even say to myself, I watched it. And, and I said, all right, settle down. Inherently, here. that's why they're not going to get rid of the preseason because there are a lot of teams that depend on flashes of the first team to sell tickets to regular season games. Like that, that's it. like look at the Bears. 
Justin Fields parlayed three of three, 129 with two passes over 50 yards, but in the air went about six combined yards in their preseason opener against Tennessee to now he is one of the top five or six Vegas betting favorites to win the MVP. Like, what are we doing? And I think to speak further to it, Ken, you're somebody who has their complaints about hard knocks so far, right? Two episodes in so far out of the five. That thing's a utopia. And, and, and here's the deal, though. Here's why preseason will never die or just we're not the viewers, right? We're not the consumers. Hard knocks. Hard knocks, yeah, because... <laughs> That's a great point. In preseason, it's it's this, you know, we want to watch the 94-man roster get cut down to 53. But can't you do all that without preseason games? Yeah, you like, could. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. No, I think you, I, I think you could. Absolutely. These, these players need their game reps, right? They're being graded on this. The guys need to show up when the bullets are flying. No, but, this is how preseason they, works. Don't they do... I mean, you know better than me. There's 11 on 11. There's... There's scrimmages. Why can't it be based on that? It's different than getting in that arena and having those fans there and being in a real game scenario. But the, but the star, the starters barely play. Barely. Barely. Like, some, it, some don't. It's getting to a point where you go in. Uh, some teams, they've got pretty much their entire top of the depth chart figured out, at least on one side of the ball and maybe on both sides of the ball. So you can't evaluate in practice. There's so much film. There's so many things you do full speed in practice. You can't evaluate off of that. The answer is just no, or else I don't think that this preseason. We're talking to a football meatball here, though, too, Dr. <laughs> yeah, Goldberg. Yeah. This they, guy lives, breathes, They lived. are graded on every single play throughout the preseason. There was a guy who's hoping to make the roster who catches an interception from that Giants game that nobody was watching because, ugh, preseason. Well, he just made himself some money on the practice squad. This is kind of the whole shebang. This is what we deal well, with. Two, 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 two words to support that. Victor Cruz. Remember Victor Cruz on I the do. Giants? I do. He had the maybe the, the end-all preseason to end-all preseasons. I mean, that got, he made the team and made a nice career out of himself. But didn't, Where I, did Victor Cruz go to college? Oh, that's a good one. I don't um, remember. I don't remember. I don't, I don't U, UMass. He went oh, to UMass. UMass. He was a walk-on. Walk on, walk on. Interesting. Wow. He made the team, and now he's in the media. So, so I, I mean, yeah. I do think, though, Victor Cruz probably flashed a bit in practices. I, to where, I'm sure he Because did. I would compare then, and boy, we're going back now. 2008, there was a, a kid out of Hawaii, undrafted by the name of Devon Best, who rolled into Dolphins camp as an undrafted <laughs> rookie. And that guy... I mean, from the, the initial rookie camp in May, right after the draft, you, you said to yourself, oh, he's different than all the rest of these guys. And then it started showing up again in training camp. And if dumbass me, like I'm just some blithering dope watching practice from the media section there in Davie, if I can see that he's flashing, certainly Tony Sprano and Bill Parcells can see that he's flashing. We didn't need preseason games to figure that out. Uh, that that's, that's my whole point to that. So Stone, here's Stone's thing, though, Dr. Goldhaber. Stone has a whole routine, and when he can sit on his couch and eat previously frozen foods that he's heated up in the microwave or the oven and just watch any form of ball, he's going to, he's going to accept that into his life. Whereas you and I, we're adults. We support families. We don't have uh, the time or the finances to pour our hard-earned money into preseason games that mean nothing. 
There's the difference. Hundred percent. Yeah. I need to know who's going to be the second string quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> is it going to be Aiden O'Connell or is it going to be you know Jeff Jones? Like I need to know oh, who who God. it's going to be. So he has been. You know, Jeanette's a, a Buccaneers fan. Yes. And so uh, we have Stone going through film breakdowns of the Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask quarterback battle because Jeanette just, she does not want the season to come. She is not looking forward to the three wins they're going to have. There's nothing to look forward to. So we're trying to bring her some joy in her life by at least Stone breaking down the good things about Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. We do this for wow. our people. What Slow a show. season. That's Slow right. Season. That's <laughs> right. That's what we do on Killing the Vic Alive. We are breaking ground. Uh, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly? 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. We keep taking your calls. Keep hanging on, and maybe we'll talk more books that turned into movies when we come back. He is Dr. Neil Goldhaber. GoldhaberSinus.com. GoldhaberSinus.com. Get yourself checked out. He's your man. He's our pal. Dr. Neil Goldhaber. GoldhaberSinus.com. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I had someone message me, what's the difference between an NFL preseason game and, say, the Canes and Bethune-Cookman? Okay, I, I kind of see where you're coming from, but here's where... The Canes and Bethune-Cookman, which is happening week two, week one, week one? I think it's right off the bat. No, well, they have Miami of Ohio. Then and Miami then... of Ohio, then Bethune-Cookman, yes. I think. Or is it Texas A&M week two? Let's check it. Again, Ken Levick alive doing its research. I'm going to go on, on record. I'm going to go on record and say that Bethune-Cookman is week three. Okay, after the Texas A&M game. I think after the Texas yeah. A&M. Although, I still will check. Okay. Because if there's one thing that we care about here on Ken Levick alive, it is accuracy. Um... Here's the difference, and this is why I still stand on my abolish the NFL preseason soapbox, understanding it'll never happen because NFL ownership is looking to milk every dollar it can out of you. Um, the Bethune-Cookman game actually, well, matters. Like, it matters. It, it It's a game that counts for something, and you at least have the guarantee of a phenomenal halftime performance as well. I can't tell you how many... Canes fans and Bethune-Cookman fans, how many of both teams leave at halftime of that game, even if it's relatively close, because they came for the band? Yeah, week three, 9-14, September 14th. Miami of Ohio, Texas A&M, Bethune-Cookman. And then road games. And then home against Georgia Tech. So, it means something. The NFL preseason, there is no draw to it at all. None. Like, if they were going to tell me at halftime, hey, uh, Bad Bunny's going to play or Taylor Swift's going to make an appearance, then money well worth it. But if I'm if I'm going to be relegated to seeing uh, battling for the sixth wide receiver, Billy McBlurberson, out of Fontana State in Division Three for three quarters, I'm not interested. I, I, I will admit, though, it is just as hard to watch the Miami Hurricanes take on Bethune-Cookman just as much as it is to watch the Carolina Panthers take on the Atlanta Falcons. Hold your tongue, Bethune-Cookman, despite the trials and tribulations they've been through in the offseason. They have a new head coach, and I believe that something big could happen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Boy, did you just stump me. 
And actually, Bethune-Cookman, I don't think, has a new head coach. I think that's uh, might be FAMU. It's just whoever stepped in for Ed Reed when he just walked out of the facility. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> I do remember that was going to be a thing that happened, and then uh, it uh, it didn't. Uh, which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly, and should we abolish the NFL preseason? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. It's very hard to keep all of your in-state college football storylines fully uh, organized in your brain. Uh, come the start of the season. Luke in Royal Palm is on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Luke? John and Jensen, what John up, man? John and Jensen, I was reading the wrong text. We are rolling. What's up, John? Hey, how are we doing, guys? So I think, Ken, you're, you're missing a little something here. It's not just about the money, right? The NFL is the shortest professional season we have in our big sports here, right, in the States? Yep. Yet, figured out a way to stay in our consciousness pretty much all year long. And the way they do that is by giving us a little injection every <laughs> so often. They never let us go like two months it's like a, without a little dose. It's like right? a hit of smack. Super Bowl. Right. What's that? It's like a hit of smack. Uh, and, and then it gets you back on the, uh, the drug train. Just when you would start paying attention to baseball here as the kind of the divisional races get hot, bang, let's get some preseason in their base. <laughs> As soon as you would start playing attention to NBA, let's get that draft up there. Yeah. Like, that's how they do it. They stay in our consciousness all year long. And it's, I mean, it's great strategy. You can't, you can't deny it. Oh, uh, God. I hate, you're right. I hate that you're right. But you're right. The NFL, the NFL preseason is the, the spoon and the lighter. He is right. It's a very good point. And by the way, I was right. Bethune Cookman, new head coach Raymond Woody, former FAU assistant. Watch out for old Woody. Uh, but FAMU is the one that had the uh, is the school that had the rap video, uh, the hip hop video in the facility, right? That is correct. Okay. Yeah, Coach Woody. Uh, when he was the assistant at FAU, he was there for three years. I talked to him maybe twice. Okay. But good okay. luck to him. Hey, that counts. Good luck to you, Coach. Good luck to you. We him. are uh, fans of the team here, at Ken Levick Alive. Well, yeah. Go Wildcats. Uh, uh, yes, and I love the band. Which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly? Are you a, a marching band fan, by the way? Of course. Do you, do of you course. appreciate the finer arts? I do. I have the utmost respect for them. I think they matter just as much as the football team. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because uh, my, uh, my mother, if it were not for the University of Illinois marching band, the Fighting Illini, I would not be here. My mother and father met because they were both in the Fighting Illini. My father was a GA helping conduct the marching band. My mother was in the marching band. They came together, and there I was. I've never met a band member that wasn't smarter than me. Did I say that correctly? You've never? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you find them to be highly intelligent. I do. I, I really do. Sure. And I think what they do requires just as much training and just as much practice. I, I remember in high school, them, my as, heart. as soon as we came off the field, they were taking the field. And then by the time that I left the facility, they were still out on the Bruh. field. And when you're in marching band and you're going through, you would go through summer two-a-days as well. And it's hot and you're carrying your, your saxophone or your, your, your bass drum. It gets hot, man. And it when, when I say it matters just as much as the team, I, I think college fans take it for granted that when their team finds the end zone, when they find pay dirt, it's this conscious thing. You know the band's coming. It's just right. as important as the celebration on the field. Well said. I love that. I, and also, too, while, while you're talking up marching bands, which, again, I was a, a drum major, if you recall me telling you. I was oh, a yeah. drum major my junior and senior year uh, in high school. Very and you proud played some of sax. I played, I played saxophone. I played percussion. I played clarinet. But I switched to saxophone to get a little more reps marching band-wise because clarinet, you can't hear the clarinets in a marching band. <laughs> right. 
Uh, so I want the saxophone. You can see it too. It glimmers in the in the stadium lights and then percussion. That's just the key. Yeah. Uh, being part of the drum corps, pff, that rules. Um, and I went to a special drum major music camp uh, between my before my junior and senior year, and I was so invested in in all of the things that went into uh, to marching bands that at the conclusion of this camp, it was four drum majors. Um, you got three girls' numbers. Well, that and and I I wept. Because it was the first thing that I, the first, it was the first last thing I did in my senior year of high school was, um, was that. So I, I wept at the conclusion of this drum major camp at the University of Wisconsin Whitewater. That's a man's man right there. <laughs> the yep. utmost respect to you, sir. Yeah, I've got those phone numbers and then started weeping like a baby. I'm, I'm going to miss you, Piccolo. Uh, I don't think I've ever told that story on the air. I actually regret telling that. All right. In that case, let me clip that. We'll get that one back out there. I mean, legit had to be consoled. I'm not even joking. Like, sat in a corner like, and, and got consoled. Like, arm around me and everything. <laughs> which, uh, which athlete or coach gets treated most unfairly by fans and media? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Uh, Leon says, Coach Spo and Tua. I don't know if Coach Spo gets piled on. I think that sometimes we turn our back to the Jimmy Butler fantasticness. We don't give him enough credit or the credit that he deserves. I don't know if Coach Spo gets piled on, though. Yeah, Coach Spo, of anything, I think gets propped up as someone who makes the most out of maybe the least in NBA history. Yeah, he has that rep. And I think for the people who do pile on Spo, like those people shouldn't be given any credit. Like It happens, but you know they're either from Boston they're either from here or there or Philly, wherever it is. The people who pile on Spo, their their vote doesn't count. And they're jealous. Of course. That's a jealousy thing. The That's only like, way you can hate on Spo is if you're jealous. Right. It's, it's, it's like when you're in grade school and you're feeling the, uh, the, the tingles of a crush for the first time, right? Mm. And you don't know how to actually get that girl's attention. And so you're mean to her to get her attention as opposed to... Um, being sweet to her, or, or or trying to get her attention in a in a in a gleeful manner, you're just mean to her. Like you'll hit her in the arm, or you'll flick her ear, yeah, or I was whatever. Yeah, flick. Yeah. Um. So it's like that. You're just mean to him because you're jealous. It's, you want his attention. It's the best analogy possible. Yeah. It's a classic, and I think we see it time and time again with Spo and the rest of the Miami Heat. Been there, done that. Uh, Mike says Deion Sanders gets piled on. Don't hit the play. I hit the game. I think the jury's still out on whether or not he gets piled on too much. I'm still wholly unimpressed with him just cleaning house there in Boulder. And it's not so much the act of wiping out all those scholarship players to make way for his guys. It was like the cocky um, bulldozer way in which he did it. It was very little sympathy uh, from him for kids who... Like they, they didn't deserve that. Were they a good football team? No. Did they deserve to get ramrodded the way they did by Dion, old cocky Dion rolling in and uh, making the luggage comment? I didn't like that. And so we're about to see if that whole thing worked because I have a feeling Colorado may be in for a world of hurt here in 2023. Yeah, with the win total sitting at three and a half, the jury's definitely still out. But I, I agree with Mike who sent that submission. I do think Dion's piled on enough. And, and, and for your example, right, so cleaning house, getting rid of all the scholarship players, I present to you Lincoln Riley, who left Oklahoma and brought 28 to 33 scholarship players with him to USC. Guess what? It wasn't a narrative. Why? Because he's not a loudmouth like Deion Sanders. So it's this classic picking and choosing. 
What Lincoln Riley did to Oklahoma sure. was horrible. But he Lincoln set Brett Riley Venables did, up for failure. Sure. It was a mess. Lincoln but we just Riley, didn't give it time. But Lincoln Riley also didn't bring his own film crew in uh, to film all of the nonsense that... And again, you're right. You're right. It's one of those things. We just didn't see it on film. But... Deion Sanders willingly bringing his film crew in so that the world could see that he was going to walk in and he was going to have swag as he cast off all those losers. I didn't like that. That rubbed me the wrong way. And I hear that much. I definitely do, right? Putting extra emphasis on it, putting out for the world to see. I hear you there. It's a little hard to argue with, but hey, I watched, you watched, and that's all uh, that mattered. Uh, which player or coach gets piled on most unfairly? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Also, what did you see or hear that was complete dog bleep over the weekend? What did you see or hear in sports that was complete dog bleep over the weekend? It doesn't make any sense. You vehemently disagree or you're just like, boy. That was some dog bleep. Well, good thing for you. Coach Sala is here, and Coach Sala is going to bring us into another edition of Dog Bleep Monday. Um, yeah, it was dog <laughs> The most dog bleep thing you saw or you heard over the weekend in sports, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and you can hit us up on social media, at KLV1063, that's 888-760-3776. 760-3776. Also, if you want to talk marching band, I'm here for you. He's Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.